Welcome to another episode of Coming Out Stories from What Goes On Media. And yep, you are right. I am not Emma Goswell. Emma, unfortunately, is really poorly and currently can't speak. So instead, I'm producer Sam Walker, who's jumping in to introduce this brilliant episode just for you. And do keep listening, please, because at the end of this week's interview, you are going to have the chance to win yourself a copy of the Coming Out Stories book. So do keep listening. In this episode, you're going to hear from Lorelai. She is a trans woman who lives in Bolton in the north of England, and she's a cosplayer, musician, and former musical theatre actress. She describes herself as a goth gremlin version of Elvira. So if you love your sci-fi and you're well acquainted with the Marvel Universe, or even if you're not, you're really going to love this episode. Here's Lorelai. I think like many, many trans people I knew from a very young age, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of cartoons, late 90s, early noughties cartoons, and I identified with a lot of female characters on those cartoons. So mm. Raven, Starfire from Teen Titans, Jubilee from the 90s X-Men cartoon. Hell, even stuff like um, I grew up watching the Super Mario Nation stuff with Jerry Anderson. So looking at people like Lady Penelope or the Destiny Angels from Captain Scarlet and thinking, why don't I look? like that <laughs> and just <laughs> wondering why my body and why i didn't sound like that why i didn't look like them um well i mean a lot of those references are ones that i don't know but um oh, gosh come on i know well different different ages darling i mean yeah. you say that but I, I grew up with a lot of stuff from uh, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s when i was a kid just because i was like four years old in year one and the teacher was like hey draw some pictures of some cartoons and things you've been watching everyone else is doing the standard you know Powerpuff Girls, Dexter's Lab, Spongebob, and as me drawing fucking Chorten in a Wheelie. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, yes, Chorten in the Wheelies, that's definitely more my generation. Yeah. But what, I still what, remember the theme tune. But what was it like growing up then? Was there a sense of anger or frustration or confusion in terms of, you know, being presumably forced to, to wear boys' clothes or play with boys' toys? Was that an issue for you? Uh, no and yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've always liked those sorts of things anyway because, like, I... I didn't see a point of a signing. Oh, it doesn't. This has to be a thing for boys. Or this has to be a thing for girls. It always confused me why things had to be that way. Like, sure, I'm a kid. I'm going. You know, got Power Rangers, Transformers, model train. You know, stuff like that. And then, mm. like, my sister has got like it's a plastic cutlery set with a picture of Barbie on it. It's like, oh, why is that necessarily? The boys always got the cooler toys. I just, I don't know. I have to agree with you on that point. Actually, I loved my toys as a kid because I used to play with things like Evil Knievel and yeah. Scale Electrics and stuff like that much more fun wasn't it really yeah what was there a, a clothing issue though because i certainly remember as growing up having mother forcing me to try and wear skirts and things we did have a similar issue yeah i i always wanted to wear things like skirts and dresses and you know kind of like why can't i wear these what's what you know what, what why is that wrong but um my parents particularly were kind of the way i grew up it was kind of i was exposed to a lot of it's wrong to be x y and z like right. it was common for slurs to be thrown around in the playground at school you know being gay was an insult ladyboy was one that was thrown about a lot and you know obviously the t-word slur which i'm not going to say and chemail and things like that and that this was thrown to you just in general in the play it was mm. just it was just in the common vernacular as it were for mm. growing in the playground in, in school and things and it was kind of being seen as that other was something that was something to be laughed at something to be mocked by kids and you know, growing up in that environment so i kind of grew up with that idea of that stigma of okay well if that's that i don't want to be that because i'm going to be mocked and bullied for it especially in primary school 
I remember saying in, in secondary school in particular, I was starting to explore my sexuality a little bit more. Mm. I was starting to think, oh, hey, okay, maybe I'm a gay man. And so I, I was curious about that. And then I remember my dad coming up to me at one point and saying, you can't be looking and feeling about things like that because that's wrong. You know, it's you can, you're not supposed to. So you had broached the subject with your dad then? Kind of. I'd been, you know, just Googling things. I couldn't, you know, just browsing around things. And my dad's like, no, you can't be looking. Oh, at he that. was checking out on your search history, was he? Yeah, he, he was very much a helicopter parent and still is to an extent. But um, a helicopter parent? I've not heard that phrase. I mean, they're always hovering over you. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, my dad, I remember coming, I was like 14, 15 at the time, telling me, you can't be thinking of it you know just like that certain way because that's just it's frowned upon it's like but i can think and feel what i want surely but apparently not to be fair growing up it's always been my parents have tried to want me to be a certain way and i'm trying to impress them basically Mm -hmm. was the idea that i grew up with yeah i have to impress my parents got to make them happy with me and to be honest tell you what he didn't even crack a smile properly at my graduation that's really sad to hear lorelei but was that a sense of um, friction then between you and your dad Oh, my mum too. So you got the sense that they wanted you to be cisgendered, they wanted you to be straight? When I told my dad I was trans, he walked out of the house for several hours and we didn't even see him. We don't know where he went. He just disappeared. And which did you first? So you came out as gay first, did you? No, actually, I never said a bloody word. Um, I kept all of this to myself for years. Because of what your dad had said, looking over your shoulder then, I guess. Stuff like that, and also just growing, you know, when people, he would make passing comments on the TV, and my, my brother being very, very lads laddie, you know, that, that type, and it was awkward, it was difficult, it was a subject, I, I couldn't really share a lot of my feelings anyway, but I'd grown up being depressed, and I had been all my life, so it was very difficult for me to do that anyway, because I just didn't talk about myself at all. So my parents didn't really even know me, to be fair. So how could I approach that subject? And did you not feel that you could talk to anybody at school, you know, mm, outside of no. your parents about what was making you depressed? No. But at the time, I didn't know that me being trans and queer or whatever was contributing to my depression. Mm. I just thought, oh, I've always felt and been this way. But that's because I'd grown up with suppressing that in my head. And it just kind of formed that big cloud, as it were. But when I came out as trans, and or say I realised I was trans when I was in my 20s, it was like, oh, shit, that's what it is. And it was like that cloud had been lifted off of my head. It was like coming out of a dark tunnel. And I, all those, all those years of things that had been taken away from me, I kind of rediscovered again. Because you said you sort of knew as a young child, but you sort of knew, but you hadn't processed this properly. You know? Yeah, it was kind of, it was always there. Like, you look at cartoons, look at comic book characters, look at things on TV and think... Why am I not like this? Why am I this instead? Why is this, that, and the other? But I couldn't, didn't have the words for it. I know what it was. But when I went to university and I met other queer and trans folk, and it's like, oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. And I had a proper sort of, oh, light bulb moment, as it were. It's like, oh, I'm trans. Oh dear. But it was literally like coming out of a dark tunnel. Depression takes so much away from you that you don't even know. Mm. Like I rediscovered hobbies, interests, music that I liked, the whole Shabbat, and just all sorts of stuff. You just you wouldn't think that your mental health would take away from you. And it, it really does. So literally it was like a light bulb moment by the sounds of it. Yeah, it really was. But that's also kind of a scary thing because then you're, you're trying to learn who you are because you don't know. 
And you're in your early 20s at this stage. At, um... Mid to late 20s, getting to that point. Yeah, I'm a yeah. few years off 30. Try not to think about it. No, don't think about that, no. <laughs> um, so what are you doing at the time to, once you finally realised and the penny had finally dropped? What was then? What was the next process then? What, what was it for you? At the time, um, it was just meeting other people, learning about other people's stories, finding mm-hmm. out what happens next in this like the process of transition particularly which, mm. is, which has taken five bloody years to get hormones but i'm finally on them now but that's a story for another day but it, this is it's an important story though isn't it because i think you know people who well, don't understand actually but, think it's so easy and look at all these young people being given hormones which and is changing just their genders. so not true no. right-wing media check your fucking facts but <clears throat> Excuse me, pardon my. You're French. allowed to swear in podcasts. It's fine. All right, fine, fuck it. Right, anyway. Yeah, um, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there's that whole tirade in the media of look at all of these kids being given hormones. You know, it's, it's, it's so not true. The waiting list at some of them is over twenty years just what? to get access to hormones and the things that they need. Because the, the NHS wait time targets are eighteen weeks across the board for any. Any clinic you want to go to, be it pediatrics, be it your your bloods, be it mm. I don't know, getting your bones scanned if you've broken something. Yeah, the target wait time is eighteen weeks across the boards, and most cl- gender clinics in particular, because they are so underfunded and mm. they're they, just overwhelmed, aren't they? I think they're overwhelmed, they're underfunded, mm. and there's not enough of them. A lot of the times, they can't even break past two or three years just for your initial appointment. It took me two and a half to get mine. Two and a half years just to speak to a medical professional about your gender identity. Yeah, which would tell me stuff I already knew about myself, ask me questions about myself which were just blindingly obvious, and then hand me off to the next person to do the same thing again, who then handed me off to a third person to clarify the stuff that the second person had told me and basically say, yeah, you have gender dysphoria. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't need three people to tell me. Just tick the fucking box and let me go. But they won't because they won't do it until they've signed it off as a medical professional which is complete nonsense because the idea of informed consent can exist which is what it should be and is is the case in several other places around the world where you can just go in and say i'm this i'm giving my consent to do this give me what i want give me the hormones yeah but it took five years from took me five years from first approaching yeah. the nhs to then eventually getting any oh, the gp top- also didn't push anything through for six months until stuff got reviewed well, yeah. Because that is also a point. Sometimes GPs just won't act on it, even though you have a right to care. So feel free to tell your GP, uh, no, I have rights to this medical access. Do it or else. <laughs> Gosh. It really is not easy being trans, is it? It's not easy to become the person that you want to be. No, it's not. And you have to deal with the people who stare at you in the street, people who shout slurs at you. I've been assaulted at least three times. Uh, By strangers in the street? Yeah. I had one person try and grab my chest on the train and the British Transport Police wouldn't do anything about it because my presence there was what instigated them in the first place. Basically, I shouldn't have been there. Uh, recovering self-harmer, I've attempted suicide like three times. And is this through abuse or is this through... Abuse, uh, my de- depression, I have anxiety issues and former uh, partner uh, who I was with, my first boyfriend also killed himself. Um I've been through the work. You have been through it all, haven't you? I've seen it all at this point, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, In such a young age as well. So, But was a lot of your depression down to um, your dysphoria, for want of a better word? Yeah. Or, or the fact that you know I'd you felt like so. you couldn't come out as trans to begin with, couldn't you? Because of everything you were hearing in the playground and in your home. And in the media mm. and on TV. I mean, 
you look at films like Ace Ventura, the final act, the final five minutes of that is just them laughing at the character for being a trans woman. Because, oh, look, it's a man in a dress. Huh? And they're just pointing and laughing at them. You're exposing yeah. to things like that in the media, just growing up. Or like, I'm a big fan of horror movies. Mm. I love my slasher movies. I would marry Jason. But <clears throat> anyway. Um, I don't even know who that is because I hate horror movies. But never mind. I'm sure some people will get that reference. <laughs> <laughs> but you grow up watching a lot of horror films and the idea of being queer was stigmatized as an idea of the other in particularly in horror movies um you look at things like nightmare on elm street 2 you look at sleepaway camp where the murderer is actually a trans woman you look mm-hmm. at um oh, even, even... psycho is an infamous example well yeah and even more mainstream silence of the lambs yeah yeah buffalo yeah. bill mm-hmm. i did my dissertation on this at university so it's stuff i can talk what? about i was literally about to say there's a dissertation in this for somebody no, i've already, already done it sorry already been there done that written that got the t-shirt yeah. quite literally I was two points off a first. Very annoyed. <laughs> Definitely a book in it in the future, though. Well, I was considering pushing it for my masters, but who knows? So take us back to those moments then, when you were still presumably a teenager or your early twenties. Now the penny had dropped at this stage, so yes. you'd been in your twenties, and you were still too scared to come out as trans. What actually made you? Be brave enough to, to come out and tell your parents and tell other people. Oh, because I didn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> uh. I couldn't be bothered hiding it anymore. It was kind of like, I'm old enough to stand up for myself now. I have I had a job um, at the time. I had my own place. And it's like, you know what? If you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> this was my thought process. I, I appreciate that it's difficult for some people. You Not everyone feels they can and is able to even talk to somebody mm. but that's why you have groups like switchboards and, and other things out there who'll be able to direct you to someone who can give you support mm. but for, for me i had just grown tired tired of fighting when i had like discovered that i was trans anyway it, it was such a big mood but it was partially it was a bit of an ego boost but it, it was such a good mood booster mm. i felt how do i describe it i felt lighter like, it was just like a weight had been lifted off my head and off my shoulders. I was sleeping better. I was eating better. So I had rediscovered hobbies and interests. It sounded like you discovered who you could be and who you wanted to be. Yeah, that is exactly it. Mm. I discovered what was kind of in there all along that I had never known about. Mm. And part of me that I had buried and tried to replace with someone else. That's Probably what the main thing was. I mean, there is a reason people call it a dead name, I suppose. That person who I was no longer existed. Mm. And how did your parents deal with that? Did they cope with it? Did they uh, still I actually told name? my mum before I told my dad. My mum knew for a good couple of years before my dad did. Oh, wow. What did she say? Uh, she kind of was just like, yeah, I kind of knew. <laughs> right. She, well, she didn't say she knew exactly, but we sat down on the sofa and talked about it. And she's like, I've always known there was something. Was it was kind of her response. It was like, don't give a shit, but yeah, kind of knew there was something there. I wasn't sure if you were gay or what, but yeah, kind of knew. So she was just fairly, yeah, all right, fair enough. My dad's, uh, he just walked out of the house and we didn't see him for several hours. He and just, what is, was his reaction when he finally came back? I kind of burned that from my memory, to be honest. He, he kind of said it was hard for me, him to take me seriously when i was saying it but it's just like uh, no i'm looking you dead in the eye and telling you and he's like right okay that's a lot to take in i don't know what i'm gonna think or what i'm gonna say but okay but he did walk out the house for like a good couple of hours and we don't know where he went 
And that obviously bothers you to this day. Oh, he might not have come back. No. But he did come back. And he, you know, he didn't say anything hurtful at the time. No, not to my face. No. But I'm, I'm guessing you always worry about worst case scenario, don't you? When anyone comes I out. was prepared for that worst case scenario. I'd already packed my suitcase and was ready to go. Yeah, really? Yeah. I was expecting that outcome. And have you got any siblings? I have a brother and a sister. And what was their reaction? Uh, I didn't actually tell them. Oh, okay. So you're not close. Uh, well, no, they know, but I just didn't didn't really tell them properly. My brother just found out, and I think he was a bit upset. I didn't tell him, but I don't get on very well with him. So. And your sister? Uh, it was just literally a passing comment. Oh, by the way, I'm trans, and she's like, "Yeah, all right." And then she just walked off because she was going to work. <laughs> I mean, in a, in a way, that's um, kind of what we all want, isn't it? We don't necessarily want a big load of drama. She literally just did not react. She was just blinked. She's like, "Yeah, all right, okay, cool, all right, see ya," and just left. And they all use your chosen name? Uh, no. My dad still calls me by my dead name a fair bit, which is very annoying. Well, it's probably more than annoying, isn't it? It's probably hurtful, is it? Yeah, well, when you're trying to unlearn nearly 30 years of ingrained behaviour, yeah. I can appreciate it's difficult for some people, but... Uh... And why did you pick the name Lorelei? Uh, I just liked it. My first choice for a name was actually Jean. J-E-A-N, but that comes from X-Men comics, because I was thinking Jean Grey. I am a big comic book fan. Uh, I yes. have been all <laughs> my life. So, saying to you before, um, I grew up watching the 90s X-Men cartoon. Like, Rogue and Jubilee were my big lesbian crushes growing up, but <laughs> um, I grew, I've always loved, particularly X-Men, but as, as a kid, I just appreciated for, oh, hey, it's cool superheroes doing stuff, but now I appreciate for the fact that it's a metaphor for what it is as well as what it continues to stand for. I feel like I need to do a lot more research to talk to you about these sorts of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of wish my girlfriend was here because she's into X-Men and all of those. Yeah, no, I'm things. a big comic book, big, big, big comic book nerd. Heck, even uh, the Iceman series from 2018 <coughs> had a mutant pride parade in it. But Really? I digress. Uh, yeah. Cinegrace's uh, Iceman, 2018-2019. Uh, I think it was the second run, books one through five. Because Iceman came out as gay around about then. Well, I'll say he came out as gay. He was forcibly outed by his teammate who telepathically read his mind without his consent. But I, anyway. Right, I mean, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? Oh, Awful. I know, I, I know. That. But um, yeah, I, I grew up surrounded by that media. Yeah, so I originally chose that, but it was kind of, I was a placeholder. It wasn't really something I'd settled on. It was just what mm. I was using in the interim. And then I was just browsing through names I liked. I was settled on Loretta for a while, which is a Victorian name. I settled on Lillian, but then I found out my great aunt was called Lillian, so I don't really want to reuse it. Um, but I was like, oh, Lorelai's a nice name. Yeah, I'll stick with that. And funnily enough, I found it from Pokemon, but go figure. Yeah, there you go. Well, it does sound like um, the comic book world as well, sort of... Oh, there is so much not, in comics. Not saved you, but sort of inspired you and gave you comfort in a lot of ways. Yeah, enough. it was my... Comic books and video games and cartoons were my escape and my coping mechanism. Mm. Granted, my mental health issues took a lot of that away from me at the time as I was growing up, but I rediscovered that coping mechanism and I still use it to this day. I can beat Mega Man 2 in about 40 minutes. It's interesting, actually. I think a lot of LGBT people do gravitate towards yes. comic books or... Tabletop um, games is a big one. Really? Yeah. D&D &D is a big one in LGBT spaces. I didn't know that. Warhammer, particularly Age of Sigmar, is quite popular amongst a lot of trans people in particular. Yeah. But sci-fi in general, and you, you find, do find a lot of LGBT Doctor Who fans and the like. Oh yeah, big Doctor Who fans. Uh, yeah. a, a, a lot of them tend to be LGBT, I found. But that's because sci-fi as a medium is the best one for exploring 
those aspects of the human condition. Sorry, this is my literature degree coming in, but um, <laughs> it is the best genre for talking about that. I mean, you look at Star Trek, for example, it's the most positive outlook for a future that there can be in, in the science fiction, you, particularly when it was coming out. I mean, you had one of the first interracial kisses on TV. You had a black mm-hmm. woman on the bridge with a white man mm-hmm. doing stuff that a white man can do. Lieutenant Uhura was one of the most important characters in science fiction of all time, and I will stand by that. But <laughs> And then don't start about Dr. Spock. Yeah, yeah, Dr. McCoy, you're thinking of. Mr. Spock is somebody different. He he Sorry. <laughs> Mr. Spock. Mr. Then. Spock. Oh. Yeah. Because <sighs> he was from a different planet. He was a different yeah. race. So, but they, he was accepted as part of the team. Mm-hmm. And you had all of that through Star I mean, there was a lot of episodes, particularly Deep Space Nine. Oh, God, Deep Space Nine is the most gayest Star Trek show on television. I love it. I feel like I've needed to do a lot more research and homework. Um, but but yeah. we haven't talked about um, friends. So you talked about your family and coming out to them. But what about friends um, uh, at school and that when you were I coming out? I didn't really have very many. In sc- I was bullied a lot in school because mm. I was the quiet, shy, nerdy kids. You know, I'm the guy, well, I'm the girl now, but I was the guy that everyone would go to because, oh, hey, I'm the smart one. Let's just, you know pick on them because that makes sense bully the person who's smart and help you with all your homework answers i don't think so but mm. <laughs> that's just how it was uh and then being bullied for being gay in school or presumed to be gay in school i didn't tell anyone but people somehow knew people are just very good at spotting different aren't they or different yeah I, it's it's that pack mentality of singling mm. out of a weak one in inverted commas and pushing them out of a group which is a horrible thing to do and no one should ever do that and if you mm. have ever been through that i sympathize because i've been there mm. so you mentioned um mm. you thought you might be gay at one point what is yeah. your sexuality now we talked a lot about your gender uh i am a pansexual person uh, i lean towards lesbian but uh, okay uh, if i'm into it i'm into it okay so you've had relationships with both genders yeah i've had relationships point. with men relationships with women with other trans women with trans men of non-binary folk mm. Which definitely makes you pan. Yeah. Throw it all in the pot. Why not? <laughs> and is that something that you talk to your family about much? or not? No, I make, I make passing comments every now and again, but I don't tend to talk about my relationships with my family. It's none of their business. It's, to be fair, I don't really engage with them a lot, but that's because you can choose your family. It isn't necessarily tied by blood. Yeah. What you just said then is just a thread that keeps coming up and coming out stories a lot, actually. Yeah, we, we do choose. We're very good at choosing our new families and having our own families, aren't we, LGBT people, I think. That's why I love being in those openly queer spaces like comic shops, like tabletop stores, in, engaging with other people in events like Pride mm. or Comic-Cons. There are so many queer people at Comic-Cons you would not believe. It's a good, welcoming and open space where, you, yeah, you can be yourself. That's one of the things I love about doing cosplay as well, is I can dress up as other characters and just, it's like, yeah, I'm just embracing that. I'm doing Princess Rosalina at the moment. So um, Go on, where's she from? Uh, she's from Super Mario. <laughs> okay. Mario Galaxy on the Wii, and then she shows up in all the like, go- Mario Kart and the golf and shit as well. But Are there a lot of LGBT people in cosplay, do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So many. So, 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 so many. You would not believe the amount of queer people who do cosplay. It's the whole of the world. I'd love to find out a bit more about it. If we had more time, I would. Aww. Um, But before you go, I do want to find out what advice you might have for other people questioning their gender identity, maybe there at school, you know, the place you were a long time ago and getting bullied and not feeling confident to, to come out or talk about it. Don't be scared of yourself and of other people. 
you you are your own person. You don't have to be afraid of what's inside your head, but maybe causing you all that grief and all that strife and is all that's confusing. There are other people who have been through the same situation as you or can sim- sympathize and empathize having been in similar ones. Don't be afraid to reach out and talk to people because chances are there's going to be someone who knows someone who can help or will be able to help you themselves. Yeah. There's lots of groups out there now, aren't there? It's, yeah, it's, it's a very different groups, landscape. Charities, there's chat room functions, there are safe and supportive spaces. Particularly here in Manchester, oh my god, it's so gay. But <laughs> one of the reasons I love being here is one of the gayest places outside of probably Brighton in the UK. But there are just there are so many supportive spaces out there. It's not necessarily a case of you need to know where to look, it's just they're there. You don't have to go to these dark corners of the internet to try and find somewhere to support. You can just type stuff in. You've got incognito browsing if you're worried about other people looking over your shoulder. And you'll be able to go to these places and you'll be able to find the support you need. It's being confident in yourself to be able to go to that point and say, you know what, yeah, I do need help or I want to talk to someone about this and I don't know who else I can go to. Because those spaces are there and that's what they're there for. They're there for your, to help you. Thank God. And it sounds like you've, you know, since those days where you've been assaulted on the street or those days when you called names in the playground. I, you've I moved still get on... every now and again mm-hmm. from people on the train or people who give you stares or looks or walking down the street. It's like, why has that person got facial hair and they're wearing a dress? You do get it every now and again. But I just stare right back. It's like, yeah, I see you looking. Keep on walking. You've got to be strong, haven't you? You've got to be really secure and I, confident. You, you do have to have a thick skin. I've, I mean, I've heard it all at this point, but hey, I may be a lady, but I've also got the strength of a fully grown man, so I will deck you on if you try anything. <laughs> Trans rights, respect existence or expect resistance. Well, fingers crossed it doesn't come to that, Lorelo. Uh, not, it hasn't recently. A couple of years ago, I was on my way back from uh, Preston and there was these three guys who were following me towards the train station. I took a shortcut. They followed me and one of them tried to grab me, so I just turned around and socked him one in the face. I, literally, I was just getting the train home. He just t- grabbed me and I just like... Boom. Punched him one. Um, and he managed to get away okay? Yeah, I was fine. It didn't really hurt me. I did more damage to him. But you are in a better place now, confidence-wise. Oh, my wise. God. Yeah, I am so much... I am in such a better place. I am so much happier than I was. You would not believe. If you saw me 10 years ago versus me now, not only am I a completely different person like physically, but emotionally, mentally, I was a completely different person. So much has changed for the better because I came out and also because oh, yeah, I realised I'm trans and I'm pretending to be something I'm not. You know, people use their metaphor for a butterfly, and I think that's probably the best way to describe it. I was a caterpillar. I'm not anymore. I am a big, openly gay, queer mess of a butterfly, but here I am. Such big thanks to Lorelai for talking to us here at Coming Out Stories. I don't think I've ever been left with so much homework to do. (laughs) Do need to read that thesis, though, on trans representation in sci-fi. I'm sure you've noticed that one of the topics that comes up pretty much every episode in Coming Out Stories is mental health, which is why we are really proud to have teamed up with London Friend, the LGBT mental health and wellbeing charity. Do go and follow them on Twitter at LGBT Friend or on Instagram at London Friend LGBT. You can also check those details in the show notes of this week's episodes as well. And on their socials, you'll 
you'll find details of how to enter their special competition to win a signed copy of the Coming Out Stories book. Please do it soon because they're going to pick three winners on October the 11th. You've not got long to go, but you will know, of course, that that is National Coming Out Day. So thank you so much for entering and supporting London Friend and Coming Out Stories. On the next episode, normal service will resume. Emma Goswell will be back with you and you're going to hear from Faz. He's a Shia Muslim and a trans man. And he told Emma that he knew his true identity from when he was a really young child. My mum does what all mothers would do, which is stand me in front of her and get all the different types of hair clips she could find and <laughs> find a way to stick them all in my head. So she 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 done that one day and she spent like a good five, ten minutes like saying, yeah, you look really, really good. And I think there was a knock on the door when my aunt came home and in that split second of her getting up to open the door, I was looking in the mirror and I was thinking to myself, nah, this is not me. What the hell have you done to me? And I saw the scissors and I thought I might as well be a little bit creative. And I grabbed a chunk of my hair and I cut it off. <laughs>